Welcome to the Self-Publishing School Podcast. This is the podcast to listen to if you're an aspiring writer or an author who wants to be more successful. On this show, you'll learn how to write and launch a book successfully, all from the top authors and people just like you who are doing it at the highest level. I'm your host, Chandler Volt, the founder of Self-Publishing School, the author of the book called Published, and the CEO of selfpublishing.com. For free training on how to publish a book that sells 10,000 copies, go to selfpublishing.com forward slash free training. Hey, Chandler Bolt here, and joining me today is Dr. Tamisha Booker. Uh, Tamisha is uh, the CEO and owner of Hey Carter Incorporated. Uh, she began first writing her first series in 2016 called Hey Carter, a children's book series. Uh, she's passionate about uh, diversity and inclusion uh, in children's entertainment, which I think is just such an awesome topic. Um, her book, uh, Brown Boy Joy, uh, has been featured in Essence, NBC, and Netflix Family. Um, so today we're going to be talking about um, children's books. So how do you write them? How do you publish them, market them, all that stuff? And um, she'll be sharing her experience. But also, I think just a just really bigger than that uh, is the ability that that kids' books have to just impact future generations uh, and to teach tough topics uh, in a compelling way um, as in informative years for kids. I mean, I think it's it's one of the most powerful things um, about kids books uh, in general. Uh, and, uh, and I think it's awesome just about the topic that you're writing on. Uh, so Tamisha, great to have you. Yeah, thank you for having me. It's wonderful to be here. Yeah, so let's, let's, uh, let's go back to your first book. Why did you decide to write your first book uh, and why kids books? So I never imagined that I would be a children's book author. This is something that I think I kind of fell into a little bit, but also know that I, when I reflect back, I have planted these seeds. I just didn't really know it. Um, when I was pregnant with my first son, I turned to writing as a way to express myself. I was having difficulty just welcoming the thought of being a new mom and also just feeling that heaviness of bringing a black son into the world. So that space that I was in at that time really led me to writing. You know, I wanted to create something for my son where he can see himself in it and all little black boys and black children that look like him can also see themselves. So that's when I started to write my first book. And the first book I wrote is called My Brown Skin. And really it's a love letter to my inner child and hit on some things that I knew I really needed um, as a little girl um, growing up. And so how did, because uh, I would imagine, you know, I'm not, I think this is relatively common of like writing the book for your kid. And so it's like, it makes it so much easier because we always talk about the concept of an ideal reader. And mm -hmm. when you when you have one specific person in mind, I feel like it helps you write a better book. How did that impact both the topic that you chose to write about, how you wrote the book, and and ultimately the end result of what the book came to be? Well, I think the process for me was just really healing. So initially, it was, you know, I wanted to write it for my son. It was for him. You know, I had that ideal reader, but actually, it was coming from a more internal place. It was speaking to my inner child. And I think that that made the process just easier and made the intentionality behind the book come out really clearly. Um, I wanted 
all children to just know that they are loved and cherished. And I wanted Black children specifically to know that there's so much beauty in who they are and the beauty of their skin. And that was definitely a message that I needed to hear. So at that time, I didn't exactly know that it was for me, or I don't think I was at a place uh, where I could recognize that it was for me. I think it was easier to say like it was for my son. And I think, you know, many parents can say when you have a child, it's really kind of holding a mirror up to yourself. <laughs> yeah. This was one of those moments for me. It wasn't up until recently that I was able to be like, oh yeah, like actually, I think that was more for me um, than for him. And I think now it's yeah. such a beautiful blend of a gift for both of us. Yeah, that's cool. So you feel like at the time you didn't realize that it was almost th- therapeutic. Absolutely. Because um, it, 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 you felt like you were writing for your son, but then after the fact, you realize, hold up, this is, this is, it was really for me. And yeah. for yes, exactly. Hmm. Yeah. Do you think that made it easier or harder to write the book? definitely think that because I was so focused on my son it made it easier because Mm -hmm. I just wanted it for him it was it was started off as a passion project I mean now I'm like really deep into this book business and have just gone a whole different direction but initially it was just this like feel good you know trying to express my feelings trying to give a gift for my child and I was just kind of doing it from a place of, of that, you know, coming from my heart. And so I think that made it a little bit easy. I definitely didn't sit down with this like time to heal these wounds and, you know, but it definitely came out of a place of pain for sure. Mm, yeah. And I, I love that kind of, uh, I feel like a lot of people's experience mirrors that, which is, it, it, we would say it, it, it's, it's kind of cheesy, but it's like a book is this key that opens the door to Narnia. It's like this magical world that you didn't know existed that only exists for published authors. But really, I think in in more ways than that, it's, and this happened for me too, and it sounds like it happened for you, is there's all of these layers of things that you learn and realizations that you have. And it's not, I think it's easy to look at that and say, oh, look at where you're at now and say, oh, you had this master plan. You're going to sell a bunch of books. You're going to build this business. And really, I think it's, it's almost like layers of an onion that it's just like, all right, I'm start here. And then I do that. And then I realize, hold up, there's something else. And then there's something else. And then there's something. And and you just start discovering all, all these things that can open up, but it, what it did, like you said, it just, it can start as a passion project, which I think can be really encouraging for people who feel like, hold up, I don't have this big business idea or this all figured out or whatever. I just kind of want to write a book. I don't know. Is that, is was that your experience and like kind of how things unfolded? Yeah. I mean, whenever I'm asked about the book, everyone's like, what was your plan? What was your strategy? <laughs> and I didn't have one. I mean, yeah. I just knew that I, I had a story in my heart that I wanted to share and I just kind of let it unfold through there. And actually writing a book and especially self-publishing a book is so similar to like, bringing a child in, you know, not, not not a lot, but you know, (laughs) a loose, a loose comparison. Like I know people always say they're having a book baby. And I think that for me, every book I write, I do learn something about myself, you know, as the parent of the book, the author of the book, I, I go through a new journey. And like you said, it's, it's uncovering all these layers and peeling back that onion. You learn something about yourself. You learn something about the process and you're able to adapt as a person and your process as a business owner as well. So definitely, I, I wish I had more strategy in the beginning. Um, you know, I think I'm a better person because I, I learned things, a lot of things the hard way, but uh, mm. 
you know, looking back, I think I definitely would have done some things differently. Yeah. What, uh, looking, speaking of looking back, looking back now, how is, what are your thoughts on how, you know, children's books change lives and what's been some of the maybe most rewarding feedback that you've gotten, uh, from folks uh, who have read the book? Yeah. I mean, you know, children's books, they really, provide an opportunity to tell children or reinforce messages. It tells children what we think of them. It tells them what society thinks of them and what we put in front of them lets them know what we want from them and what we value. So it's super important that what we put in books reflects positivity, reflects accurate messages, and really allows children to learn in a way that makes sense um, for who they are in this world. So I, I don't take the, the work that I do lightly. I see it as very important and a very, very needed, most rewarding. Anytime that children or families tell me that they're able to find themselves on the pages of my books, it's definitely something that warms my heart because that's the intention. That's really what mm-hmm. I wanted them to get out of it. Mm-hmm. Um, I think just like rewarding, I'd say just, having the ability to impact the way a child sees themselves, impact the way that other children see them, that just means the most to me. And that's definitely so rewarding because I know that I am a part of changing the trajectory of their lives. You know, Mm -hmm. I write books for Black children, but they're not only for Black children, they're for all children. It's Mm -hmm. important that all children see the positivity that lives inside of Black children, that they see Black children for who they are. And knowing that Mm -hmm. I'm a part of changing those narratives is super rewarding for me. Yeah. That's awesome. One is representation, right? I mean, it's it's kind of what you talked about is seeing themselves on the pages, yes. which if if they're not reading books where they see themselves on the page, then how can they see themselves in that story? Exactly. exactly. Yeah, that's awesome. Um, such a such a cool message. Um, why self-publishing? Uh, it, 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 it seems like just from uh, sleuthing around on Amazon, <laughs> uh, it seems like you've got an imprint that you're publishing under and, and kind of your own imprint. And so you're you know, effectively self-publishing through an imprint. Um, why did you decide um, to go that route? Well, I really wanted to own my stories. I, I had a book inside me that I wanted to get out right then. So it wasn't an option for me to wait to submit a manuscript or to try to find an agent or go through all the steps that traditionally publishing route requires. I also wasn't very familiar with that route. And, you know, I was able to easily find more accessible information about the self-publishing route. So that's the, the way I went, but it was mostly about timing. It was mostly about wanting to own the stories and, it felt like that now was that time. So self-publishing definitely was the route for me and I wouldn't change anything about that. Yeah, because knowing what you know now, this, this probably goes back to the like no master plan at the beginning mm-hmm. kind of thing. Um, knowing what you know now, like, are you glad that you did it? What pros, cons kind of reflections? Yeah, absolutely. Because, you know, the books that we're talking about, I wrote them four years ago. And right now I've been talking about them more than I had even when I started. And I am, you know, pretty confident that had I went the traditional route, I wouldn't be talking about these books still. It kind of would be over and done with. Um, Definitely from the financial aspect, I mean, the possibilities are completely just 
endless, you know, um, you can so much possibility in the trajectory of a self-published author, especially if you're able to continue to speak about your books and get that information out there. I, I wouldn't change that for anything. And I really enjoy the process. I enjoy being in control of, you know, the illustration process. When you traditionally publish, it's typically a separation between the author and the illustrator in that process. I like to be very hands-on with my illustration process. I like to tell, you know, work with my, co-create with my illustrator, but have a lot of say in what that looks like and creating the characters and just ownership of that. And that's something that means so much to me, especially when you're talking about representation. Yeah, that's awesome. Uh, so let's, let's switch gears a little bit to, to launching and marketing. Um, so I want to talk maybe launch and then go into marketing because you 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 touched on something that I think is will probably guide some of our discussion, which you say I'm talking more about these books now than I was even way back, um, mm-hmm. which I just love. Um, and I, that, that goes to like we call it the one year launch, but really that for you it's been beyond that, um, and which is how you really sell books long term, right? Yeah. But how did you um, how did you launch your first book and your first couple of books? Um, and what what worked the best for for selling copies? So I had no launch plan. I had no marketing plan when I I didn't even know that I needed that. I didn't know what it was. <laughs> yeah. I just again, I just knew I wanted to write a book, and I knew I had to find customers. Um, I didn't have a sense of like, I mean, I knew who my ideal customer was because it was very clear. My son, other children who looked like him, you know, black children, black families. And the first thing I did was, where am I going to try to sell these books? So I, of course, I knew about Amazon and I got the books up there. And my only strategy when I first launched was to do vendor events. And I found all the vendor events where I felt that I could find Black children and Black families. I signed up for every single one. And that was pretty much that. And I would say social media, um, Instagram, Facebook were the only things that I had to put my book out there, but there was no strategy behind it. Um, I was very shy about talking about my process. I didn't really share any of the behind the scenes stuff. Um, So it was working, working, working behind the scenes. And it was like, here's my book. And, um, you know, for those of us who've been doing this a while, we know how um, that's not the way that you should do that. Uh, There needs to be more (laughs) strategy behind that. And the more you can talk about your process and get, you know, do a launch plan that you can back yourself into and sort of set Mm. that up, the more success you're going to have with that. So Mm -hmm. I didn't have that. And I actually didn't figure that out until um, I would say more recently, because Mm. I, I just didn't know. And I think because one of my successes, I think, was directly correlated with knowing exactly who my ideal customer was. I was clear. Mm-hmm. I can't say I was like yes. super intentional about yes. it, but because I was able to identify it, had a lot of success with that, but it yeah. was more happenstance for me. Mm-hmm. Um, I think about halfway into it, I'm, I'm four, way, four years into it now, but I think about halfway, it was like, oh, strategy. Oh, marketing plan. Oh, this is a book business. Mm -hmm. All of that became more clear. And when I was able to get more clarity on that, I think Mm -hmm. I saw the increase in sales and was able to actually sell the books that I I really wanted to. Hey, Chandler Bolt here. I hope you're loving this episode so far. It's time to go from inspiration to implementation. 
All right, so if you've learned something, we want to help you implement what you've learned with your book. So what I want you to do right now is go to selfpublishing.com forward slash schedule, book a publishing consultation with one of the experts on my team. We'll talk about your goals for your book, your dreams, your challenges, your next steps, and we'll start putting together a plan. All right, so go to selfpublishing.com forward slash schedule, book a call with the team. Let's see how we can help with your book. It's time to implement. That's great. And I completely agree. I mean, the, 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 the ideal reader and the focus on that, I'm, uh, it, that's the one thing such that doing it makes everything else easier or unnecessary. Right. Yeah. And that's, I mean, that's obviously helped with a lot of what you're, what you've done since then, but I think something that's also encouraging to folks who are listening to this or watching this on the YouTube channel is that is not all about your launch. <laughs> I think sometimes it's a, we have this concept we talk about is like the Lamb, the Lamborghini launch versus the Toyota Camry launch. Yeah. And it's like, everyone thinks the Lamborghini, it's like, you know, Lamborghinis use up a lot of fuel. They're fast. They're, uh, they're glamorous, whatever, and, but they're gone in a flash. Yeah. And this is your one launch week, but then the Toyota Camry just keeps going and going and going. Yeah. And, and it's, you've had Toyota Camry books, yeah. which is, and so I think for those folks who are either worried about the launch or you've already had the launch of your children's book and you're like, oh man, that didn't go as well as I thought. It's so tempting and so easy to just move on to the next project yeah. uh, and say, oh, I guess that just isn't going to work, right. but th- it's not all about the launch. No. So I guess how, for you, at what point did it start picking up steam and you're like, oh, this is really moving. And then how did you keep from kind of just moving on to the next thing and, and instead keep marketing um, the books that you have? Yeah, I mean, again, I didn't have any idea what a launch was. Like that whole concept, I didn't know what that was. So I couldn't even say I had a Toyota launch. I had a, um, a, bike, <laughs> a bike launch, a, a, borrow, a borrow your mom's car launch. <laughs> <laughs> um, oh, I just, man. I didn't know that there needed to be strategy. I mean, I just, I, I, I didn't know. Um, and you know, I, I feel like I had a Lamborghini product, so it was, you know, a solid product, but no yeah. launch. And yeah. I think for anybody, you know, listening, it's like, sometimes you do have to just do it. You have to just get out there and do it. And it is okay to learn as you go. I did make a lot of costly mistakes, um, but I'm, you know, a better person for it. But I think for me, I knew that my message needed to get out there. And it was actually my husband who is, you know, my business partner who I was like, I got to get more books out. You know, I, I did this one move on to the next one and keep going. And he was like, why do you need to create more books? Like your books haven't reached every child in this world Mm. yet. You know, they, they haven't touched, you know, um, everyone that you need to, to see them. So he's like, we need to keep doing this every year. So we would start to, you know, make a list of all the events we wanted to do. And every year it was new people. It was new families. It was new children. I mean, I'll say until that book you feel like is in the hands of everybody who needs to read it, you can still keep going. There's, there's, there's no stop. And I I know that my books have not gotten in the hands of everyone yet. So I will say for me, a pivotal moment was of course the Netflix feature Um, that really changed for me, just how I needed to structure my business how mm. I needed to continue to market and get launch plans and allowed me the opportunity to sort of reset and relaunch yeah. um, oh, and, and, yeah. and rethink about my marketing strategy. I mean, my books were, were chosen for Netflix because of 
why I put them out there and the need that Netflix was trying to accomplish, which was the teaching tolerance, social justice standing around building identity. So because I think one of the things I did early on was, again, knowing that ideal um, customer, but also it was very clear why they were created. And I think over the years, they have continued to reach that exact person. Mm, I think yeah. if you create a book for someone, they will find yes. it. They will find you. Mm. And the more clear you are about that, people will continue to find that. So for me, I was it was a moment where I was able to adjust and relaunch. And mm-hmm. I continue to have conversations about these books in so many different ways. Mm. Um, and again, I... I wanted as many children to see themselves in, in this book and many black children to see themselves in this book. And until every chi- child has this book, I will continue to talk about this very series. Mm, that's so awesome. That's great. Um, I know I'm, I'm sending you a copy of, of my new book published um, in uh, chapter 21. I, I think you'll, you'll like that. And that, that'll be hard. It talks about exactly what you're talking about, like the relaunch. So how do you, how do you bring um, how do you relaunch your book to create another spike and then go on the one-year launch and keep selling books long-term? So I, I want to circle back to the Netflix piece in just a bit. Um, but before that, um, looking back, what's, in, in your eyes, what's sold the most books? Like if you were to say, all right, these two or three things that I've done, I feel like I've really moved the most books um, long-term. Um, I'll say two things. One thing is definitely for me, niche vendor events. Vendor events exactly where who I'm looking for is going to be there. So initially I was signing up for all kinds of events, wasting a lot of time and money because they weren't finding my exact customers. But once I was able to say, this is where my customers are, definitely I would sell out of books all the times, which now I kind of feel like that's not the best goal. I don't feel like yeah. selling out is a good accomplishment. I think it's an inventory management issue that <laughs> yeah, yeah. <laughs> um, looked at. You know, my first yeah. event was like, yeah, I sold out of books, but it was like, but wait, now you're not making any more money because you don't have to do it. So <laughs> For sure. I no longer see that as an accomplishment. I, I love mm-hmm. to continue to have uh, inventory, but definitely when I can go to events and I'm busy nonstop and I'm seeing the kids there, the families there, that's, has, that's been successful for me. The other thing is um, Facebook groups, niche Facebook groups, where you are building, either building rapport, building relationships, people who know you, like mom groups is for me, um, even niche down even further. Um, any of those type of books have been great because if I put out there that I have a book or I either need something as part of my launch, they quickly respond. So definitely those have been the biggest um, areas where I'm, I'm selling books. Cool. That's awesome. Um, and I feel like, cause those are two kind of outside of the box um, ideas that you don't n- normally hear. Do you think, well, I guess maybe, maybe the two of those are specific for, for children's books, but I'm sure some of the, I'm sure they work either, no matter the genre. What, um, can you explain, what do you mean by vendor events for people who don't know what that is and how does that work? Yeah. So I'm in California, the Bay area, and I'm, I'm sure this is pretty much everywhere, but we have local events. I mean, similar to like a farmer's market, but a community event where, um, you know, they have vendors. So you're buying a booth. Uh, you know, you always want to make sure that 
you're going to be able to make your money back. So looking at that amount, I mean, ours here can range anywhere from like $50 to $400, depending on the event. Um, and we have some pretty good events that are censored around cultural events where you, I know for sure I'm going to have families there and those are exactly who's mm. buying my books. Um, I never really see, um, I usually mostly, well, I'm usually only the per, only person there who's selling books. So I think that's, mm. um, a plus. I don't, I typically never do vendor events that are books focused. I find it be that it's too much competition and it's yes. not really a good interest for me. So I like to be the only book vendor. And that's also yeah. a question I ask is like, mm -hmm. who else is going to be there? Because yep. I need to know, you know, what's going to happen there. I actually will add a third for children's books. And I would say it's schools. Absolutely. Mm -hmm. Schools have been a complete, um, Sell, selling a lot of books through schools because they'll purchase wholesale. They have budgets. You establish mm -hmm. that relationship. You're able to, you know, they'll buy your books every year. And you're also, if you have other skill sets that you can um, combine, you know, I'm a licensed therapist. So I'll go in and I'll do, um, you know, teacher trainings or, you know, curriculum design, all of that on top of that. And can you get like 30 second, 60 second synopsis of like, if, if someone was like, Hey, I've got a kid's book that I want to sell to schools. What's that process look like? Who are you going to? Are you, are you bulk selling for every kid in the school? You said they have, they have budget. Like how does that kind of work? So I would say the one thing for that is warm them up, you know, don't just call up the school and say, Hey, how can I get my books? You know, you want to try to build a relationship. So I suggest trying to find the school administrator, either a principal or uh, maybe a um, admin or even a teacher. You can find them on LinkedIn or you can find them in teacher specific mm. um, Facebook groups in your area and try to just warm them up, like talk to them a little bit. That way, when you send that email, they're kind of expecting you. For mm. me, I do work in the schools in terms of building relationship with them. I do uh, decolonizing a curriculum in schools and have some established relationships. So I'm able to get my books in that way as well. And mm -hmm. being a licensed therapist that, that works there. But I oftentimes will reach out to schools across the US and internationally. And I'll just start to try to find, build a relationship, comment, comment on their post, try to get to, to know them a little bit. And that way, when you talk to them, you can find out what their needs are. That's great. That's great. So for teachers, you're saying find them on LinkedIn or in yep. teachers, Facebook groups, build yep. a relationship before you reach out. Yes. Um, all that stuff. Do you, do you ever, do you ever uh, send a book to them as kind of like a, as, as part of the, like trying to get them on the phone or anything mm -hmm. like that? Yeah. What I do is I create like a nice little PDF pamphlet. I don't actually send any hard copies to them. Um, mm -hmm. For me, it's an issue of just you know, you send out the copies, you're not sure if it's going to come back. I think a PDF is completely appropriate. So I write a little letter and I, spe I, I specialize the letter. I don't send the same letter. I'll change different things about it and I'll show them the books and I'll try to speak to what I think their goals are. Because anytime you're, you're contacting someone, you want to speak to what their needs are. It can't just be like, here, here's my book. It's like, what problem can I solve for them? What can I help them accomplish that they may need? And I'll talk a little bit about that and show them the books that I have and may say, hey, like, are you trying to, um, you know, talk about diversity in your school? If so, here's something that I have for you. Um, mm -hmm. Or sometimes I'll say, hey, you know, are you interested in a book reading? I typically don't like to do free book readings, but sometimes I will. And I'll say, you know, I'll do this book reading, but I like to send order forms home to every child at your school. Yeah. Yep. 
That's smart. And I've, I've, I've heard from a lot of other children's book authors that that works well. So is it kind of they you'll have them send the order forms home in advance and then there's a due date where they need yep. to be turned in by and then yep. people pre-purchase and then yep. you show up with those books. You're able to match mm-hmm. that with the kids and now it's, you've got built-in um, yes. sales. Yep. Yeah, yep. got it. That makes sense. Awesome. And then circling back to the events thing, um, I think that's super smart. So it sounds like your keys there are, um, are there going to be, know your avatar. So if, yeah. is your avatar going to be there? So for yes. you, that's families. Um, are there, and not do another book, uh, not doing book events, you want to be the only or yeah. one of maybe two only um, book options and then minimizing um, the, or watching or minimizing the fee, especially comparative to expected sales. Um, and you said 50 to 400, I think be in the range there. It, it, anything else that you, you look at or have learned of like, Hey, here's how to make sure that it is actually going to be a successful event. Yeah. I mean, you definitely, if you have any historical information about how many attendees are there. So for mm. me, it's like, is this a new event? You know, am I willing to set up and go out there? Cause it's a long day and it's hard work and it's a lot of, a lot of like your friend center, they want to talk to you. So, yeah. you know, I'll, I'll look at that weather conditions too. If it looks like it's going to rain, it might be something that you may not want to go to, but I'm definitely looking at like, is this an established event? Like how successful am I going to be on this day? Um, because, you know, I, I don't like to set, put myself in a position where I'm going to waste any resources, both my mm. time or money. Yeah. yeah, that's good. And I'm, I'm assuming that that's probably evolved over the years where oh, yes. probably in the beginning it was, all right, cool. Any opportunity, let's do it. And then mm-hmm. as, as you kind of get learned the process, yeah. like, all right, now I'm going to be way more selective yes. with which ones I go to. Yes. Or sometimes I'll ask, like, how many vendors do you have? How yeah. many are food? How many do you have? You know, do you have any books? What are, or is it apparel? Like what's try to get as much set up as, as possible. Be, so then, you know, and then of course, also being able to be prepared for that event. I mean, if I can have an understanding of how many people they plan to be there, that tells me, you know, how many books I'm going to need to, to bring in terms of my inventory. Got it. And do you, do you have a, uh, I'm sure that's not, not exact. Are you doing 30% of expected attendees or how do you kind of figure out how many books do you need to bring? Mm-hmm. So I typically, if they tell me, I used to do like 85% is going to actually show up and mm. then I will bank on about 50% of those I'm going to be able to get. Cause again, for me, it's super niche. It's mm. more than just families. It's for me, it's black families. So mm-hmm. I won't go to an event that if I don't know if it's going to be centralized around black people, black family, I won't go because I'm, mm. I'm looking for those people who are going to just glance at my booth and come on over. Yeah, yeah. Um, because again, it's hard work. I used to sign up for every single uh, yeah. event and yeah, it's time consuming. Cool. That's so great. That's really, really helpful. Thank you for sharing that. Mm-hmm. Um, how have you, how have you gotten so much PR with this book and, and maybe even specifically we can start with a Netflix feature and I'm, I'm assuming that's probably had a ripple effect. Mm-hmm. Um, but how, how did that come about? And then how have you gotten so much PR for the book? Yeah. So with Netflix, they reached out to me directly and it was because my book aligned, they wanted to do the Netflix, um, original series bookmark celebrating black voices and my book aligned with the standards they were using, which were teaching tolerance and the identity domain, because my books are all about building self-confidence and pride. So it was that moment where they identified that my book was created for this reason. And it was that perfect kind of synergy moment. Um, and yeah, they reached out directly to me and I have 
author on the on the show, which I didn't even know until later on. So you said you had a what? You you had a what on the show? I was the only self-published author uh, featured oh, no on the show. Way. Mm-hmm. No and way. I didn't know until yeah. like, later on. Um, wow. And so, yeah, I was just, because, you know, self-published authors, we don't always get um, the respect that mm-hmm. we, we deserve. Um, mm-hmm. So that was a pleasant surprise. And that has definitely been a ripple effect for me. So at that point, I made the choice that I was going to look at diversifying my marketing plan. And I brought on a, a PR boutique PR firm to start to support with just getting my message out there, crafting my story and continue to just get that, get my books out there. That's awesome. What, um, what was the ripple effect from the Netflix um, feature? Did you see an immediate spike in sales? Was it more so just publicity? And then that parlayed into a bunch of other publicity or like what was kind of the, the, the after effect of that? I think the biggest thing for that was one, it gave sort of like a social proof of kind of like this book, this brand, we back it, you know, this, you know, look at this. I mean, and Netflix is worldwide. So it put the book on a a platform where everybody could see. And because I was talking about the story and the experience from that, that just became a ripple effect, things that I didn't even imagine. Um, I think we, we kind of live in a society where it takes it takes another person sometimes to validate what's what's going on. And I think for me, that that's what happened. It was like, oh, well, Netflix backs this book. Well, we want to know about that story. We want to know about that. Um, and it kind of, it was, yeah, it was book sales. It was, you know, more media. It was more just talking about just who I, who I am and my story and, and all of that. And it was, it has continued to come. I mean, now we're one year post Netflix and, we're still still talking about about mm-hmm. this, and I just, yeah. I just I just love it. I mean, it's definitely yeah. changed my life in so many ways. That's awesome. Now, uh, I I was when I was browsing on Amazon today, I noticed something that I don't know that I ever ever seen before, um, which was I'm on your book listing, and it says teachers pick, mm-hmm. and then I click that, and then I go into this whole section of Amazon um, mm-hmm. where it's like, oh, uh, you know whatever this age to this age or this grade and like kind of all this stuff. So how did that happen? Did you have to submit for that? Did they reach out? Like how, did, how, how did you land that? And has that had any impact on book sales, the teacher's pick piece? So again, that was one thing, same thing like you, I went on Amazon, I'm always Googling myself, which I suggest, you know, for self public always Google yourself, you know, as much as possible, see what people are talking about your books and all of that. And it, popped up and I was like oh wow it's a teacher's pick same same experience that you had went on there saw what that meant I I I guess Amazon has a process I actually don't know how they even do that but I'm certain that it had it came after the Netflix so I think that again Mm. um you know once people were seeing the book they saw why it was created I think they probably have a committee um that talks about which books are need to be teacher's books but Mm. definitely um I think for sure came out of the Netflix or just more people seeing the book, knowing why it was created, its intention behind it and having it in classrooms. Mm, that's, that's great. And what, what a fun and cool story. Um, mm-hmm. Thank you for sharing all that. Um, what would be kind of knowing what you know now, what would be your parting piece of advice 
uh, for uh, Tamisha from a few years ago or all the other Tamishias out there that are thinking about writing a, a children's book? Mm-hmm. One, I would say just do it. You know, I think a lot of us carry this book with us throughout our life and we do a lot of talking about it. You know, we're like, I want to do this. This is one of my goals. And then we don't know where to start. So we just never start. And we're just like, just carry that around. So definitely anybody who's just thinking about it, just do it. The other thing I would say is get some help doing it. Get some support. I think that there are so many resources out there. And I just spent a lot of time Googling, you know, I looked up stuff and that there is a lot of information free out there on, on Google and you can, on the internet, you can, you can find it, but it's confusing and self-publishing requires like so many micro decisions that are going to impact the next step. So it's important to have a plan and get support with that plan and don't be afraid to ask for help. And, you know, don't be, don't be afraid to show the areas where, you know, you're not maybe doing as well as you want or just showing your process. I think a lot of early on, I didn't, I didn't want to talk about like what I was doing, like I'm going to do this and just went straight on to doing it. And I think had I shared more of my journey early on, it definitely would have helped with Mm. the launch and the success. So definitely get some support. And one of the biggest mistakes that I made is I had, I mean, there were lots, Um, we could have a whole different conversation about mistakes that I made, but one of them is I didn't actually, my first books, I didn't imprint them um, Mm. with my own uh, publishing company. I did it Mm -hmm. with Amazon. So Mm -hmm. my best-selling book has um, Amazon KDP as the publisher and Mm. I wish that I had put, you know, Hey Carter books there, but I didn't know. I didn't know why that was. I didn't know what it was an option. I was just filling Mm -hmm. out the little categories that Amazon told me. And all of those matter. Like when you put your book on Amazon, everything you put in there, it matters. So the Mm -hmm. keywords, it all matters. So get some support for sure. Yeah. That's great. That is so helpful. Thank you for sharing that. And guys, if um, obviously at self-publishing school, we have children's book school. So if you guys are ever curious about, um, if you have a book idea that you're thinking about um, writing and you want our help, or you just want to chat with someone on the team, we've got an easy link. It's self-publishingschool.com forward slash children. You can book a call with our team. Uh, We love this stuff and we're happy. We'd love to talk to you about your book and um, talk through goals and put a plan together. So that's self-publishingschool.com forward slash children. Um, you can go there, book a call with the team and we can chat about your book and how we might be able to help. Well, awesome. Tamisha, this has been so amazing. Um, where can people go to buy your book, to find out more about uh, wh- what you're up to and to support what you're up to? Absolutely. You can go to heycarterbooks.com. Everything is found there. Um, Again, I just highly suggest for self-publishing authors, you get your own website and Mm -hmm. you um, make sure that there's a direct connection and link to you directly as the author. So everything's on heycarterbooks.com on all social media platforms, heycarterbooks. Heycarterbooks.com. And we've got Brown Boy Joy. We've got My My Brown Skin. We've Mm -hmm. got King for a Day. We've got Coloring Books. Are there any other books that I'm missing? Yeah, I have my newest title, Santa Claus is Coming to the Town. The town is Oakland. Um, <laughs> nice. <laughs> which has been, you know, the, the center for so many um, social justice movements throughout history. So this is just a fun Christmas book featuring a, a melanated Santa. And I'm excited about this one. 
That's awesome. That's yeah. awesome. Well, hey guys, heycarterbooks.com. Check it out. Grab a copy. Um, such an important message um, for our society as a whole and for your kids. Um, and so check it out. Uh, grab a copy. Uh, Tamisha, thank you so much. Thank you. Thank you so much for watching or listening to this episode of the Self-Publishing School Podcast. I know there's so many places that you can be spending your time. There's other podcasts that you can be listening to, YouTube channels that you can be watching. Uh, so thank you so much. It means the world. Now, I want you to do three things right now if you found this episode. All right, number one, I don't know if you know this, but we've got a YouTube channel. It's a companion channel to this podcast. All the video versions of the episode are on the YouTube channel. So number one, subscribe to the YouTube channel. Number two, if you're listening to this podcast wherever, whether this is Spotify, Apple Podcasts, number two, I want you to subscribe to this podcast right now so you don't miss a future episode. Uh, and then number three, this is probably the most important, uh, leave a review on the podcast. All right. Reviews are super important and help the podcast get discovered by other people. Uh, so number three, leave a review on the podcast. Thank you so much. I'll see you in the next episode. If you're on the fence about scheduling a publishing consultation call with my team, maybe you're not quite ready uh, for that, I've got some free training that I think will be really helpful for you. All right, all you have to do is go to register to sign up. Go to selfpublishing.com forward slash free training. When you do, you're also going to get a free digital copy of my new book, Published. And on that training, you're going to learn the next step, so how to implement with your book. So how to write, how to publish, how to launch successfully. So go to register right now at selfpublishing.com forward slash free training. I'll see you there.